1: Hello, everybody. What's going on? It is today, Friday, the day where we all can relax and have a great time. I have to tell you, it's beautiful over here in the New York, New Jersey area, sunny, 60s. We're excited about that. We'll be bringing on our co-host soon with Jay Logan, and we have a very, very special guest today. Her name is Anastasia Isaacs. She is someone I've known for many years, an amazing woman, has always contributed to society in some way, well, she decided that she wanted to move over to Europe, and she has learned French, of course, that she's known for quite a while, and she's known Italian, and uh, she studied both languages and art and so forth, and then started something called Let Love Lead, a nonprofit organization that inspires and heals through the arts for HIV and AIDS globally, and people who suffer with that. But in the meantime, we're going to bring on our co-host, Mr. Jay
2: Logan. Mr. Logan, how are you today? I am doing wonderful. Everything is wonderful, and uh, it's been rainy, rainy out here, Gail, in California.
1: But uh, I'm sorry, I right have here. to I have to rub in your face that it's not rainy here. I have to <laughs> tell you, it's, 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 I'm sorry. I really just usually. <laughs> You guys beat us over there, and it's always nice over there, and it's just so unfair. So I have to rub this in your face.
2: I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> I heard the
2: tulips were coming out, and all the flowers were blooming out in the spring over there. Unfortunately, we're still in winter over here. So I know you guys got me this time.
3: But, yeah, this uh, you time,
2: know, is <laughs> but isn't it fair, though? Isn't it fair, sir? Uh, you, well,
1: I don't think so. Maybe you <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. I think it's, you guys I think think it's, it's I, fair. I, I do think it's fair. I mean, we have to deal with so much, and I think it's unfair that every time I call, oh, it's sunny out here and it's great out here, while we're you know just sitting here dealing with whatever we have to deal with. I, I just think this is it's about time we got you guys. You know, right, so, right, it is. You're actually agreeing. Oh my goodness, I think I'm going to hit the floor. Okay. I agree
2: because um, it, it is. You guys have been in a lot of, you know, a lot of weather and, you know, for years, not just now. So it's amazing that uh, the weather is better over there than over here. in the spring, you know, it's kind of, it's... So uh, gonna, just,
1: so talking about weather, I want to talk about this guy who really did something amazing, okay? Really did something amazing. What he did was, you know, he had been doing some work for Nike in their commercials, okay? And his name is Casey Nestat, okay? And he actually tricked Nike. They told him to do, you know, a video for, the, you know, their slogan, make it count, right? So he did a little bit different, okay? What he did was he actually did a video of taking the budget of the money they gave him and went across the world and made it count. So he said, make it count? He shot a a commercial for the Nike Fuel Band featuring Make It Count. But what he did is he strayed from the agreed-upon spot and set off a journey around the world using Nike's money and advice to make it count. So what he basically did is make the money count, and it was amazing. He shot people, you know, in different places, he made it count like people were counting, and it has gone completely viral. It was just completely amazing, you know? And that was something I thought was so, so cool, you know, because he actually made it count, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that was one thing. So do you have a piece of news for us today, Jay?
2: Yeah, I do have some, um, some information. I don't know if you uh, <clears throat> if you know what's well, you do I do know you do know about uh, <laughs> what algae al- what algae algae is. Um
1: they're actually no, I don't uh, know, Jay. I have no idea what algae is. I'm gonna ask you a question of what is algae, Jay?
2: <laughs> well algae is <laughs> algae is the green stuff that builds up in water and this couple is picking up. The, these scholarships are they're doing this stuff about how you can use algae as a new
1: source Jay, of food. I Jay, I think we're having some technical difficulties. Sorry, audience. We need to hear you just a little clearer, Mr. Logan.
2: Okay. Um, they're giving scholarships out for algae research. Okay. Um, uh, to high school students and college students. And the company is called um, Fluid Imaging. Fluid Imaging is giving these scholarships for algae research. And uh, they're giving up to $1,000 annually for four years of study of algae technology. And you can go to get more information at fluidimaging.com if you're interested in studying algae and using it for biofuels, production, or as a feedstock. So, again, um, they're offering this program. Uh, to nearly 50 other educational institutions worldwide, so it's not just America. And you can go to fluidimaging.com and try to get you a great scholarship there for $1,000 and do some uh, algae research. I thought that was great for for the young people where they can, you know, make some extra money and get educated in um, algae research.
1: That's great, Jay. Well, guess Mm -hmm. what? I've got more interesting information for you as well. There is this amazing, amazing, amazing uh, situation where, where by, um, we have a situation where um, they're actually doing this thing that was, you know, how we look at celebrities and how society in America looks at celebrities. So a gentleman, believe it or not, went out into the mall. He was a no person. He wanted to show how anyone could do this. Now, I'm sure you know that famous, um, that young man who is a producer, his name is Ryan. And he did the same thing to become a famous producer, but nobody knew who he was. Well, here's the interesting part. He goes to a Virginia mall. The gentleman's name was uh, Thomas Elliott. That's, he's not famous. So people thought he was in the Hunger Games. People thought he was in the Spider-Man. And his name was actually Thomas Kramer. He's with uh, Chili Hill Media. So he goes Mm -hmm. in there, he ends up shutting down the mall, having security walk with him. All these women are raving about him and going crazy. And he's no one special other than a regular guy. He never tells them he's with Spider-Man or any other show. He's just signing autographs. No one bothers to ask him. And what it shows is how young people, he shut down a huge mall in Virginia with all of the top stores. Can you believe that?
2: That's that's exciting, wow, I can't believe that Yeah, it's
1: incredible And he, he, he's a no name And what it just shows, and it was really a lot of young people Is that, you know, it doesn't take much To be famous And he actually right. never ever said a word And women were giving him The phone numbers And this is to speak to the young girls out there They were giving him their phone number And he called one of them And his whole point was to show That we are so gullible at times You know but it was also right. hilarious. It was right. just hilarious to see that someone could actually do that, you know? So right. that's that's my second thing to share with you guys
2: today. Wow. That's that's you never know who you, you never know who you can run into. That's it's kinda like um, Reminds me of Superman and Clark Kent. You never know that Clark Kent is Superman unless, you know, you, you really know that,
1: you know. So exactly. That's amazing. And <laughs> the whole thing was that he was nobody. That's the whole thing that's really funny. He was nobody. You know, it, there was nothing That's what was so hilarious. He really wasn't anyone. Wow. You know, and it just has you really, really laugh about it. So, um, Jay, what, any other things that you have for us before we bring on our illustrious guests in the next minute?
2: Yes, I have something about Spotify, which Spotify has pretty much just caught up to some of the other um, music uh, websites. They just announced they put a play button, which enables them to share their playlists around the web. So that's just an update on Spotify for now. And also Yahoo is now going to take their music, uh, Yahoo Music, a little more serious now. And they're assuring all of us music fans that uh, they're going to make that their priority. So that's what Yahoo is saying. After they just laid off a bunch of people, but now they're back and they're 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 emailing everybody, telling, ensuring everybody that Yahoo Music will become one of their priorities now. So we'll see where that goes in the future on our other, on our future shows. What Yahoo is going okay. to do?
1: Okay, that's mm-hmm. great. And you know, um, the next thing I have to share was that they found out that two point five million laptops later, one laptop laptop per child does not improve test scores. According to the Inter-American Development Bank, who did this in Latin, you know, in Latin America, they said 319 schools in Peru. It found that the students were more likely to use computers than other, the other counterparts. But it also said that a new study suggests that it did not help any effect, have any effect on the achievement in math or language. Now, this study was wow. done. You know. It also, uh, it's about two hundred dollars per computer. It's been. million laptops to classrooms in 42 countries. Now, it also said it did not affect attendance, time allocated to school activities, or quality of instruction in class. Even though the laptops came loaded with 200 books, you know, reading habits of recipients matched those of their control
0: groups, 74% of them
1: still have five or fewer books in their homes. It suggested that the introduction of computers increased motivation. Or is a show just that it didn't do anything else, and that you know that's what goes back to our original uh what we talked about, but we will have to stop there because we are now bringing on a, a great person by the name of Anastasia Isaacs, who, as I said, went off to Europe to create this wonderful life for herself when she has and started a non profit organization called let
0: Love Lead. So without further ado, we're going to bring on Emersonia Isaacs. Emersonia, how are you? Can you hear me? Yes, okay. we can. And we're so excited. <laughs> oh, this is so exciting. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oy, as they say here in Holland, Oi, oi, oi.
1: Well, Emersonia, you know, you and I have known each other for years. I'd like you to meet our co-host, Jay Logan, and Jay is a producer who has worked with everyone from NC Hammer to in Vogue and several other people and he's out of our San Francisco location. So Jay, this is MC Isaacs. Oi,
2: oi, oi. How are you doing on our show today?
0: I'm great. It's so wonderful to be here and to have this opportunity to spread some sunshine and feel the love. Well honey, we know you're going to spread a whole lot of love today. <laughs> Amen. You know, and so
1: we are really excited to have you on here. You know, uh yes. today I've known Anastasia for a long time. Like Leora, a I Do you, Anastasia, do you know Leora, Adute?
0: I'm sorry, what was the question? Do you know Leora, uh, a Do I know him? What? Do you know Leora, a Leora? Can Leora? Hear me now, Anastasia. Oh, okay. Now I can hear you, but I I couldn't hear you, Leora from La Landmark. How are you? I'm sorry. You mean Leora from Landmark? Yes, I
1: do. Um, <laughs> Leora was on Leora was on a show with uh, Jay and I, and she you know she declared ten years ago that she would be a a world renowned makeup artist, but she calls herself a makeup activist who actually supports women and their beauty, and. I love bringing on amazing women like you and Leora, you know, that Jay and I get to share with our audience who declare something and then have it happen.
0: Amen. You know, so we're going to ask
1: you a couple of questions, Leora, Jay and I, about, you know, your journey of going to um, Europe, your yeah. uh, let, let lead nonprofit organization, and what, you know, what had you decided to do this? So, you know, without further ado, I'm going to begin here. Um, so, I know that you had been you know in the arts for so long. What made you decide to go over to europe okay and actually start uh you know start a career there and start studying there? Can you share that with jay and i?
0: Yes, well, actually, the let love leave project was was created to a uh, to use to address the the pandemic in the world, um, which was, which is the HIV-AIDS crisis. So it was designed to, emp- um, to empower women and girls, because women and girls are the number one um, victims of this crisis, and the one, number one people suffering from it um, as far as stigma, as far as their lives, as far as their safety, as far as uh, their hunger issues, as far as their education. It is impacting every area of their lives. And it's not just women in Africa, as people would like to say it, but this is a global issue, including in the USA. So when I really sat down and saw just how far-reaching the AIDS epidemic has taken its hold – So it is no longer an African problem. It's no longer a homosexual problem. It's no longer a poor person's problem. It is a disease that is crossing every economic, culture, gender, religion, race, everything. It's impacted everything. And the minute I really was able to wrap my brain around, um, wrap my brain around this horrible fact, I said I'm either going to cry about it, scream about it, or do something about it. So I created Let Love Lead um, to say only love can fix this because there's not a lot of love in the world right now for people with uh, HIV, people with AIDS. So love is going to do the trick. And what I know about the arts is that it's it's the greatest healing ever. Um, It is the way to make a difference. So I created a program that uh, builds self-esteem, uh, does leadership development, um, and gives uh, has people recognize their voice and their ability to speak the unspeakable using theater, poetry, music, dance, and art, visual art. And that was so that people who are impacted, who are living in shame, who are living in guilt, who are living um, with the fear of being killed because of their status, give them the power to speak their truth, demand protection, demand their rights be um, acknowledged, and demand people treat them as human beings and not as uh, something to be as, uh, afraid of and need to do harm to. So that's well, how. Wow.
1: Um, Jay, do you have any questions for uh, Anastasia?
2: Yes, I, I wanted to know about the empowering their leadership and some of the mural, mural art stuff that you're doing, uh, art exhibition. Could you
0: explain some of that stuff to us? Yes. Well, the, the what it is is that when people have, um, when people are discover that they're HIV positive, the first thing they do is go into denial. The first thing they do um, is is go into denial because it's a death sentence. In most places around the world, outside of Europe and America, being HIV positive is a death sentence, mainly because there's a lot of ignorance. People don't have access to uh, edu- uh, ment- uh, sorry medical education. There's a lot of... Uh, rumors and lies about the disease, and on top of that, even if someone were educated and knew that there was help in in terms of antiretroviral medicine, most people in the world do not have access to them, it's too expensive, they're not able to follow the protocol, and they're not able to eat enough, because you basically have to have um, at at least one really good meal a day to take those medicines, because the medicines are so strong, they will kill you if you don't have the right kind of food in you. So it's it's um the leadership is around having people address these issues, but that they be mm-hmm. the people who are impacted by these issues. Because it's one thing for me to go in and say this isn't right, and I'm HIV negative, and that has one impact for me to go in there and say it. But someone who is HIV positive playing the role of an activist has a whole different impact.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, you um, and, and, and so one of the other things you, the audience would love to know, when mm-hmm. you first went over to Europe, what was what were your plans like? You studied in Paris. Can you share with us what you studied and the uh, impact that it has had for you to create what you're creating there in Europe?
0: Okay. Yes, I will. So I, I'm going to uh, – yes, I will get to that. So when I created this project, I created the Let Love Leave project to first deal with Africa and the the way the pandemic is impacting Africa, which is bearing the most of the brunt of of the disease as well as the lack of medicine and care and education in this area. Uh, So I went to Senegal, uh, Kenya, South Africa, and did the program there. But when I went to study in Paris, um, I went to study – international relations with the intention of becoming a diplomat my my goal was to be a a diplomat for the uh, u.s. Department State Department and go and make these kind of differences Around the world and it took me a while to figure out while I was studying at the Sorbonne uh, That when you work for the government in this capacity you are responsible for towing the line of and the policies of the of the government in charge. So with each government the same poli- the same country could be impacted by very different policies. And not necessarily ones that you would agree with. So when I really started to see what I would be signing up for, I chose to go the way of diplomacy via arts. How to use the arts, books, film, um Poetry music to get the same message out to people that I would uh have more constraints on me as a American diplomat
1: mm-hmm. okay then let me ask you something out of those countries that you um actually work you know worked in and, and created this with um what country would you say has, I know all of them have a big impact on you, but which ones would you say had the biggest impact on you?
0: Now, when you say impact, what kind of impact are you talking about? Um, impact
1: is, though, which one really changed your life? You know, when we when we take and work on a situation like you have, okay, everything impacts what we're doing. But there's yes. maybe out of South Africa, out of Kenya, you know, mm-hmm. out of Senegal, what experience out of, Give us one experience out of all three of those countries that you visited that made had the most profound effect on your life and the work that you're
0: doing. Okay, well, I'll do the I'll do contrast. Uh, Senegal is the direct opposite of South Africa, so to the degree that South Africa has been ravaged. Um, by the disease, and at one time it's no longer the case. But at one time, when I was there, it had the, it was the country, the most impacted by AIDS, with the highest percentage of HIV positive persons that were documented um, in the world. And in the same degree, Senegal is one of the fewest was is one of the places where there are the fewest numbers of infection rate. It's only one percent. And I I wanted to know what is the difference between the two countries um and what is the difference in their in their policies and their culture that could produce such a drastic drastic difference and what i saw with senegal is that it's it's in the culture of islam there um there is a difference in the way that men and women engage with one another and there's a and there's a difference in the way that men and um uh men deal with promiscuity. Uh and there's also there's also the in in that country of Senegal there's also due to the fact that there's much there's a great democracy there. There's a there's quite a bit of peace there. It's been a democratic country and been very peaceful since it got it claimed his freedom from France. So there's also an economic stability that is there that isn't in South Africa, that hasn't been in South Africa since it was free from apartheid. And in South Africa, being the most um, financially, uh, economically abundant country on the continent, you have a lot of people who are coming from other countries to benefit from that wealth. So, therefore, to work in South Africa and send their money back home. And because you have a lot of traffic of human beings going from across country, across places, you have a lot of people coming to work um, uh, all along Southern Africa uh, and who are far away from home, far away from their families, far away from a support system, and therefore visiting a lot of prostitutes, therefore having a lot of um, uh, extramarital sex having a lot of unprotected sex, that the whole need economically for people to move, to find a way to feed their families, to find a way to take care of their families, is a number one contributing factor to the spread of AIDS. Because the whole route that they're taking to get from country to country, they're sleeping around. And it's all driven by the need to eat, the need to make money. So that's what struck me the most um, in understanding it on a global perspective how this disease is doing what it's doing. And you see it all over the world. People leave in their villages to go to the big cities and therefore be far away from home, be far away from their wife and children, uh, be away for almost nine to ten months of the year. That has an impact. And very few men are either staying faithful or using condoms while they are away working.
1: Wow. That that's that's actually amazing. Um Jay, I think you had some questions further. Yeah, I wanted to know
2: about the mural art exhibits.
1: Have you displayed
2: these exhibits? Are they available for people to see or are you still um working on the mural art exhibits to uh put the word out? of their, uh, their writings and
0: what their feelings are. Are those still in the workings? Oh, whew. Um, the last mural I did was in South Africa, was in the townships. I have not done them since I've been to Europe. Uh, I've been in Europe, and I've been across six countries, talking to people and seeing what's going on, uh, really gathering information, because in every country um, this issue um raises his head and has an impact in a very different way. So, um, so that's what I've been doing, is doing a lot of research and uh, putting together an exhibit of paintings mm-hmm. that I'm doing um, about these encounters in Europe and about healing. Because I know as someone who has used art to heal, as a tool of healing for others, you know, one of the reasons I came on this trip to Europe is to heal myself. So um, there will be an exhibit of very different pieces <laughs> um, next month, uh, the middle, the 13th and 14th and 15th of May. Uh, and then on um, the next trip in June to India, that's when I'll be doing more of the um, murals that I did in Africa will be happening in, in India.
2: What I want to know, what is your artistry? And I, un- I understand you're you're into poetry. Could you could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah.
0: Yes. I actually was a, a spoken word a performing spoken word artist for many years in New York City, um, and had a, a great opportunity to work with some fabulous, amazing poets in the in the nineties when spoken word was just um, taken off in a new way, um, right before. Um, the Russell Simmons Show. So that was pretty much when I stopped doing poetry at that time and moved toward theater because I found that um, I love storytelling and I used the, the the poetry and the spoken word to tell stories, people's stories, stories that uh, of people that are, tend to be invisible. And that longing to tell the story of invisible people was part of the the seeds that got me going around the world to collect stories of people and have them be told. Um, And so I went from spoken word to theater and writing plays so that I'll have more time to deal with these issues because in a spoken word piece you might have at the most five minutes to tell a whole story and if you're really good at words and metaphors you can tell a lot with a few words but I wanted the opportunity to tell more of the story and show people more of the diversity of what's going on which is how I moved to theater.
1: Wow. You know, um, Anastasia, a couple of weeks ago, we had, a little more than a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, we actually had the opportunity to have um, a young lady on the show who was actually the daughter of the lawyer who ha- represented Nelson Mandela. Mm-hmm. And her name is Gabrielle Carlson, and um, her father, Joel Carlson, represented him in, how- in the middle of the night. She, her and her father and her parents had to move here to the United States, and she hasn't been back since, you know, apartheid, uh, even a little bit before apartheid ended. Right. And it, it seems, it's amazing, you know, of her, what she shared with us about South Africa and being, a you know, a, a white South Africaner who could share with us, you know, whether you're a black South Africaner or a white South Africaner, what it was like, for, you know, in those days. And one of the things that she said is, that during those times that if you were a black South African or a white South African, you know, associating with each other, um, it was it was definitely a no-no. You could be arrested or killed, whether black or white. My question to you is now that apartheid is over and you have visited some years ago, you know, established yourself there and also in Senegal and Kenya, What did you find about the differences in the ways people interacted with each other in South Africa and Senegal and also um, Kenya, specifically around AIDS? Like how did, now that apartheid's over, you know, um, South Africa's a little bit in a different place. How How did you see people, not only just the policies, but just interacting with each other around it? Were they open? Were they closed? You know, uh, old school about it, old traditions. What did you see about those things?
0: Well, one of the things that I saw, um, whether it's whether it's here in Europe or whether it's in Africa, um, and from what I understand from, from speaking to and networking with other um, activists around the world, it's that's pretty the same. Is that if you have AIDS, people basically are terrified, and something very primal happens um so in in the western world you may be shunned or kicked out of your church or uh you may not be allowed to go to school like i was just reading someone sent me something just yesterday about a 14 year old boy that was denied admission to the Hershey Institute which is a school run by Hershey chocolate a 14-year-old was denied admission to the uh, school even though he passed all the exams and had everything that was required to to meet the standards to get into the school, but he was denied solely on the basis that he was HIV positive. So when you see that something like that is happening just yesterday, <laughs> just yesterday, and when you see, uh, then it's really easy to understand how people in other countries can take that one step further. Okay, we won't deny you just access to school, which they do. We won't deny you access to our church, which they do. But we will also harm you because we want you to get out of our village. So if you don't get out the village, we'll kill you.
1: Wow. Um, and is this more, where did you find, which country did you find this more in? Where the people are, uh, well,
0: of way. where Were people you go as far as killing you?
1: Yes, and just very closed and, you know, all of that. Did you find it more in Europe, more here in the U.S., more in South Africa, Kenya, or Senegal?
0: Well, you know, when AIDS first came out in in the U.S., it was primarily, not not only, but primarily in the um, gay community, and many of them were killed. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So this phenomenon is global. It is a global, instinctual uh, survival reaction that human beings, they forget their humanity and become quite inhumane. And that's pretty global.
1: Well, One of the things I would like to ask you, you know, in, in terms of where you are now, you you have gone to school to become a diplomat. You have done yes. various programs in various countries. You yes. have been a spoken word artist, okay? You have yes. also gone on to do shows, you know, in theater. You know, with all of this vast experience, okay, what do you, I mean, you have so much experience that many people wish to have, and are you currently looking at ways, like you talked about storytelling, and I really loved what you said, telling the story about people who are invisible. But if we skip through to today, and, you know, we want to make a difference with youth, which is really about, youth education, empowerment, you know, teaching youth arts, culture, and so forth like that. If there were a couple of things that you could say that your experience could lend to or even something that you're doing right now with you, what are those things? What are you either doing now or what would you like to do in the future to make a difference with people in these countries?
0: Oh, wow. I would love to give every one of them a microphone. Well, I would love to give everyone a microphone because what I'm seeing is the biggest issue, whether they're HIV positive or not. Most people, whether they're in Africa, Brazil, India, or China, or in America, most people experience themselves as invisible. Most people, especially in what we have labeled the developing world, are marginalized. They're invisible. They're just a statistic. Most people don't have the experience of being known, of their life mattering, of having the experience that their living is not in vain, that it makes a difference. And See, so I have
1: a, I have in- a look-
2: Mm -hmm. I have a good question for. I wanted to know about Some of the children The resources that they might need And you have provided over the years And could you tell our audience about some of the things That are needed in those homes In those orphan households
0: What Children need Is simple Clean, Clean water Okay They need clean water they need a mosquito net over their beds. They need one meal a day that's mm-hmm. nutritious. And they need access to school. That's what they need. And is,
2: and is that also in Europe, also where you're there, in Europe
0: working, those are the
2: same needs?
0: Kids here. No, because they're pretty privileged. Uh, the children in in uh, in the in Europe have actually access to wonderful education. Now, uh, that is me speaking in general. You mm-hmm. all have disparities based on color, based on religion. Right now, at this moment in time, children, there used to be a time when blacks, when they first started to come to Europe, From their returning from the colony to to their colonizers, you know they were the most discriminated and reviled people. Now, for that case is the Muslims, and now that is also people from Eastern Europe who are coming for better opportunities. So, whoever is the minority is the one taking the heat, and also who has less access to education, less access to certain opportunities because of discrimination. But it's still very small in Europe compared to what's going on in China, uh, India, uh, Brazil, Latin America. It's just, it's way smaller.
2: But what, What's the difference in how you interact with each other in Africa,
0: Europe, and
2: America? What's the difference that you've seen since you've been
0: doing this? Okay, so I just need a little bit more. The difference between what?
2: How how the kids interact with each other in each continent, uh, Africa, Europe, and America? What's the difference that you so, see?
1: What we're saying is, Anasuya, is what is the difference, you know, youth and their peers? You know, if you're a teen, you act one way here, you know, there may be a way in which they communicate with them, each other here, and there may be a way in which youth communicate with each other in Europe, and there may be a way in which youth communicate with each other in South Africa versus West Africa. We're asking you to share with our audiences, what have you noticed the difference in how they communicate within, you know, with themselves in each country and continent?
0: Whew. It's so hard to generalize like that because we're talking continents here. <laughs> um, one thing I can say safely is that children are beautiful everywhere they're just absolutely beautiful and you really see how 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 their hearts just want to be loved um but i will say that children in what we call indigenous places what we call poor nations children that we call uh In places that have not uh, had technology and advances like the rest of the world have had, those children tend to be inventive, creative, imaginative, um, just, I mean, completely on top of things because they have to be. They don't have toys, they don't, mostly, have a lot of clothes, they don't have shoes. They don't even have clean water. I mean, these are kids that don't have whatever we think is necessary to be a kid, but they stick together. They love each other. They're kind. They they look out for one another. Um, it, it's It's amazing. They really understand that they don't have much, but what they do have is each other. They have the earth. They have the connection to their ancestors. They they have um, they have a sense of belonging and a sense of rightness in the world that I find that kids in the Western world and kids in America don't have.
1: Well, let me ask you this then, um, you know, on top of what Jay was asking you. We're bringing on a guest right now. We call him America's team machine. As he went through some, you know, Uh, some things himself and has now given his life over to uh, doing talks one-on-one with teens as well as a lot of motivational speaking to teenagers. And out of a lot of people that go around doing this, um, Matthew is one of the very few people that really does connect. You know, there's a lot of people that give speeches and lectures, but they don't connect. And so, um, Anastasia, if you will stay with us just for a few more seconds. We'd love to bring Matt on and you know uh, share with you about this. So, Mister uh, Logan. Yes, yeah, So, so Mister Logan, why don't you introduce Matt this week? All right. We have a wonderful, wonderful man. let getting ready to come on the
2: phone, Mister Matthew Forrest. How are you doing today? And we're glad to have you as usual on our beautiful Listen Give Network. Hi, you.
3: So Matthew much, Matthew. Ladies and gentlemen. Hello, hello, hello. I'm happy to be here.
1: So, Matthew, I don't know if you had the opportunity to learn a little bit about our esteemed guest, Anasuya Isaacs. Anasuya Isaacs is someone I've known for many years. She makes a difference globally. And when we say globally, she really does. Uh, she declared that she was going to go to Europe, as she has shared on the show, to become a diplomat from the U.S. and New York City, studied in Paris, and then went on to create a um, nonprofit organization where she visits uh, South Africa, uh, Senegal and also Nairobi, Kenya, and then she is now uh, thusly living in the Netherlands. So she just has a broad range of experience, and she's worked with older and younger. So she's really excited to meet you as well.
3: That's Thank right. You. It's great to meet you, and I'm happy to have uh, caught the last uh, last five or ten minutes of what we, what we were speaking about.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Matthew, before you go into your tip, is there anything that you would love to share, you know, um, out of hearing about what Anasuya was just speaking about with regard to the youth who don't re- you know, actually I have a question for both you and Anasuya before we go there. You know, Matthew is someone who works here at Amer- America's teen esteem machine, working with teens. And Anasuya is someone who has seen youth in Europe, the U.S., you know, and other countries. The question I have for you both, is do you think that even though we say there's a balance between technology and a balance between not having technology, you know, there, there's that, that fine line, Matthew and studio, do you think that our students, if they didn't have technology the way we have it now, would still do very well in school? That's my question to both of you.
3: Hmm.
0: Well, I'll let him go first.
3: <laughs> no, I was going to say ladies first, please.
0: Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> It's so interesting that you ask that because um, there's a video that's going around Facebook right now called, called Kane's Arcade, and it's about a little nine-year-old boy who built his own arcade, like the kind of arcade you get in a Chuck E. Cheese or in um, a circus where uh, you pay a ticket and you throw the ball through the, through the hoop, and if you get uh, the ball and hoop, you get a teddy bear or a prize. And the boy is nine years old, and in his father's store, he built from cardboard his own arcade. And I mean it has over 20 games in it with tickets and prizes and everything. And every bit of it was something he made with his hands, without the help of his father, all by himself, his own arcade. The kid doesn't have an iPod. He doesn't have a, a cell phone. He doesn't have a Game Boy or a Wii doesn't have any of that and he remind and he's in East LA (laughs) and so for Mm -hmm. me that just says it all it's like that boy's doing well in school he's doing well at everything because his mind's free he doesn't have anyone telling him what's the right game to play or what's the right way to do it so it it does let me it, it it points back to the the beauty of the imagination that I've seen um Outside of the western world that it that it comes from necessity when you don't have anything else you come, you create it and I think that's something that's missing that we will see the impact in the form of future inventors, future scientists future um developers um that that is something I think we're going to pay for in future generations. Is there um, a mission for this arcade? Uh, I just
2: wanted to, on a lighter note, uh, does he charge for his uh, arcade or is it free access to anybody who wants to come down to LA? You know, it's
0: it's so cute because he charges $1 to play um, five games. But if you pay $2, you get a Fun Pass. And a Fun Pass gives you unlimited play for a month. Wow. Wow. And he thought of That's all of wonderful. that himself. <laughs> That's wonderful. Wow. I know. <laughs> you can look it up. It's on Vimeo. Um, it's called Kane's Arcade, and it's on Vimeo.com. Okay, I'm going to do that. You'll love well, it. That- You'll love it with this kid. So my <laughs> okay. next
1: question uh-huh. is to Matt. What, what about what do you think, Matt? I was
3: going to say he didn't
0: answer the
1: question. That's right. No, uh- gonna be what
3: I'm gonna to have to check out Kane's Arcade as well. I'm pretty impressed. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, I think it's, uh, I think that's, that's a great point and it's a great question. And um, I think, I think the reality is, is uh, you know, there's so much stuff to occupy our time as, you know, as from where I was raised and. All the things that I had, and now with the, with the computer and Facebook, and even at my age, if I spend too much time on Facebook, I, I, I find I find a, a, a very clear and powerful disconnect. Um, if I, and just personally for me, if I sit in front of a computer for too long, it's I'm more prone to negative thoughts, negative feelings, yeah, depressed, uh, absolutely depressed emotions. Uh, just a just a blatant disconnect from my surroundings, my world, the earth, spirituality, people, friends, family, and 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 a subtle sense of hopelessness. I mean, that might be a little extreme, yeah. but a subtle sense of, di- of 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 what it is a very subtle and lightweight sense of hopelessness. Um, kind of creeps into my life if if I get caught up in. Staying in that place for weeks on end because it can it can happen so easily, and uh, and it's instantly obliterated the minute that I walk away from the computer and begin to interact face to face with people again, <laughs> and just, so my I, I like to use my own personal experience and the power of human connection. Um, the power of human connection is uh, they, they they can't be enough said about. You know, the, there being an intimate relationship between two people, it might be the most powerful thing on earth. Mm. And uh, where everything else is, fails, the power of connection between one human and another is 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 the key. Is the uh, the key to 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 freedom, to happiness, to enlightenment, to courage, the key to be able to be who we are, is to mm. really being. In communication, intimately with another person, and um, so I mean, in the in the world of uh, technology, I mean, I, I think it has good points, but it also, uh, you know, brought if, if it's used as, you know, if, if it's used in a way where there is where where having 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 the technology in our lives, if that takes the place of the intimate human connection. In our lives, then I think it's big trouble, and I think it's a big problem, and it's a big it's a big reason for a lot of the problems in in our nation, for one, in America, for one. A lot of uh, a lot of a lot of how many people are on depression medications? I mean, I, I don't want to get into it, but I mean, we've all been created perfect, and uh, we're just not living up to our up to our yeah you know, we're all playing ninety eight percent of of people are playing very small spending time involved in technology and you know out there looking for things looking for this looking for that looking for love but you know how much of of us are, are are not looking but creating instead and like you said what the creative part of our lives it it really uh it really comes from uh it really comes from being you know uh, from for me, I'm able I find my creativity when i when I don't go to that stuff. To technology, it's uh that might have been the longest possible answer to that question.
1: <laughs> hey, most <laughs> interesting with the both of you is that Matthew is a musician and I know that you are also, you know, an an entertainer and performer as well, Anasuya. And mm-hmm.
3: both of
1: you taken your time. Both of you have taken your time to give back to the youth. Yeah, And I think that's the most important thing that I think that we should acknowledge, Anastasia Isaacs, you know, from our audience and also Matthew Forrest at America's Teen Machine, is that they have taken their time with their own businesses, with their own lives that they have. They have to generate an income for themselves. And these are people who are not Donald Trump or you know Bill Clinton or Barack Obama, but they still are making a huge uh, contribution, excuse me, Barack and, and President Clinton, maybe to some degree bigger than they are because they're out there on the ground. They're dealing with youth every day, one at a time, and those youth are also spreading the word to the next person. So, you know, um, with that said, uh, Jay, um, we want to definitely make sure we have all of Max Tippett today. So is there any last questions that you have for both Anasuya and Matthew at the same time?
2: I I don't have any I don't have any more questions for uh, for either one of them but um uh, I'm so happy with the, the the non-profit stuff that Anasuya is doing out there and um I'm just I'm just glad to have you on our show. And, Matt you know how I feel about you. <laughs>
1: yeah. And and I think what I would really like to say is Anastua and Matt, you know, you're meeting each other through the radio for the first time.
3: Mm. But
1: you know, knowing what each other does, how does it make you feel that both of you are making a difference on either side of the world? In a sense, not maybe doing the same thing, but making a difference with the youth and knowing that there's, you know, more than you know, like Anasuya, maybe sometimes in your work you might say, Oh, Matt, sometimes am I the only one out here? Or Matt, sometimes you may think Oh, am I doing this? Am I the only one out there? How does it feel meeting somebody here on the radio that is giving of themselves as you both are? How does it feel to you both?
0: Uh, for me, it, it's very exciting to have this opportunity to not only meet your partner, Jay, but to meet Matthew. It, it's, it's very encouraging, you know, and I take all the encouragement I can get because it's the heart. Well, I don't want to put that out there that it's hard, but it is it can be discouraging and it it you, one can get the experience of um being all alone and it's uphill batter and and no one gets you and uh, so <laughs> it's always good to 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 yeah. listen to others in the field um meet other people uh hear what other people are going through, and just remember it's not about me. And so every time I meet someone new, I put things in this proper perspective. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: What about you, I definitely agree. It's, uh, you know, it's something that's always, always fuels my fire. That's for sure. It's, uh, is hearing, you know, somebody else on a similar, on a similar mission, just with a different angle or in a different location. And, uh, and knowing that we're out there and we're doing this and, uh, you know, and and it's, it could be something as simple as somebody that like, it could be this conversation here, or it could be something like I run into somebody in my hometown. and They say, "Oh, I saw your website. Oh, I heard you're doing motivational speaking in the schools. It's great. And how can I get involved?" And like, so many people that want to help. And um, I think it's uh, anything, even as simple as something somebody saying something like that is something that keeps the keeps the fire burning for sure. That,
0: because like
3: Anastasia said, it's you know it kind it, it definitely is. It is challenging. It's definitely it's it's a challenge to to get into to to do all this stuff and dedicate time and energy and and uh, but the reward is always worth. It. Mm.
1: And with that said, uh, Matthew, first of all, I want to thank both of you for being on the show, and Matthew, would you give a take it away and give us our tip today?
3: Sure. Uh, sure, my tip for the day is, keep it keep it uh, right on, on the same topic, and uh, my tip for the day is going to be <clears throat> to create connection. Um, mm. it, it, for me, the most powerful thing in my life is the connection I have with my friends and my family and if it wasn't for the if it wasn't for the phone the probably about 10 phone calls I make every day <laughs>
2: <just> <laughs> to
3: say hello if it literally wasn't for those phone calls and then yeah, you know I make 10 and then I probably get 5 to 10 of the phone calls just to say hello every day and and making it a point point, investing the energy into into creating connection whether it be with my grandmother whether it be with my best friend or whether it be with my girlfriend, to pick up the phone and just say hello. And, and the tip of the day is before we, before we get involved and in we jump on the computer or we go home and turn on the boob tube or, or, or whatever it might be, take a moment, take five minutes and invest it into creating connection in your life and calling at least two people that you haven't spoke to in a while and when and when the, when it comes up, and they say, "So why are you calling?" Because typically people get so used to somebody calling for something <laughs> that people get surprised sometimes when you call just to say hello. Mm. And, and so when they say, "Why are you calling?" Because I just wanted to tell you, just wanted to say hello, and but uh, you know I care a lot about you, and something as simple as that, can I've had that I've had that pull me out of the darkness at times. Somebody else had no idea what they did. They called me. They told me they were just thinking about me. They hope I have a great day, and that was that. And goodbye. And that phone call
0: has the power
3: to to change a life. And um, it's up to us to, uh, mm-hmm. to pick up the phone and uh, pick up the phone and make the make the call. So uh, tip for the day is create connection with people in your life, and uh, choose two people today you haven't spoke to in a while. And call to say hello. And mm-hmm. if you want to take it to the next level, find out two things about that person that you didn't previously know.
1: You know, one of the things, Matt, that I want to bring back that you talked about last week uh, and share this with Anna Suya and, and Jay again is you talked about last week how important it is for youth to just get together with their parents. You know, the old things that we used to do, get together with their parents and just go over to a friend's house with board games, you know? where everyone just gets to connect. And, you know, I thought about that over the past week, and it was an amazing thing you share because what it does, and this is to our audience, Matt, shared, Matt Forrest shared this with us last week, what it does is that really does create connection, ma'am. You know, uh, the kids feel safe to be with their parents and be themselves. Like that, that has far-reaching effects. The children feel free to be themselves with their parents and adults which automatically makes them feel comfortable to talk with one another. So, you know, Matt, I just wanted to thank you for that because you've only built more on, you know, what you just said today with what you shared with us last week. Is there anything more you'd like to say about that or, Anasuya?
0: Well, let's see if he wants to say anything more about that. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no,
3: that's pretty much it.
1: And, Jay, do you want to say anything in closing?
0: Well, (laughs) I I did want to say something about it, though. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Anastasia. You. Uh, you know this this beauty of whether you're playing a board game or reading a book with uh, children and parents, or whether you're going to the park or even sitting in your front yard and doing something together. Time together without gadgets is really great. Time together without t- as in TV or computer <laughs> is really great. And that's one of the things that that kids in common have all around the world is they really do need to look into a an elder's eyes, be it their parents uh aunts and uncles, or any other kind of elder, and see themselves, see who they can be, get that affirmation, get that love, and know that they matter that they're valuable and that they're
1: mhm. We're sorry, but we have to We have to go. We'd love to have you on again. And thank you, uh, Anasuya and Matt. And, Jay, let's do our parting words and thank our audience. would like to thank everybody for joining
2: our show. I'd also like to thank our guests for being on our show today. And uh, listen in, for,
1: tune in for next week's show. It's going to be a great one also. Thanks, everyone. And, with, and Matt will be back with his... Weekly tip next week, and we will definitely uh, request NSU to come back and and have fun with us, and maybe possibly co-host. Thank you, everyone, yeah. and have a great day.
0: Thank you for having me. Bye. And
1: Matthew, right, thank you. Matthew, we thank have you co-hosting as well. You're not off the. Uh, you're not getting off that easy, sir. <laughs>
3: All right. Thanks so much.
1: All right. Bye. Bye.